The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Hey there, 205 on a gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous uh, Wednesday afternoon in the Capital Region. Hope you're having a fantastic day. Up and er- up early today, I uh, was down in the River Valley just on that lookout on Saskatchewan Drive right over by 105th, 106th Street. Boy, the, sh- the city sure looked pretty this morning. I hope you're enjoying it today. We have lots to get to. Uh, of course, at 420-ish, you'll get another word of, a- of the day for your chance to win that trip to Nuevo Vallarta with me and my husband in January. It's going to be a great time. Looking forward to that. If you're interested in just booking it, you just need to give New West Travel a call. Uh, A reminder, again, the Oilers not playing tonight, uh, but playing uh, again tomorrow. uh, Puck drop at 5.30 tomorrow. On Friday, they're they're playing as well. The Oilers take on the Flames, the face-off show at 5.30. Puck drop at seven so that's friday and uh, just keep in mind the eskimos are hosting the tiger cats it's going to be a good game the countdown to kick off at 6 30 the kickoff at 7 30 on kissing country 103.9 on the show today we are going to talk about uh, a number of different things we're going to talk a little bit about those those scooters those bird scooters the the mayor saying that he's not happy with the rollout uh, of them i uh, want to hear from you on that also want to talk about tailgating. Tailgating in the city is a real, real problem. The AMA um, is uh, has come out swinging on that. So we'll, we'll take a look at that, what you're seeing on the roads out there as well. Uh, Bobby Curtola going into the Canadian Music Hall of Fame. We'll talk to his son and on Music Notes. Have you heard about these hologram concerts? Um apparently just growing like nobody's business the latest will be Whitney Houston uh, a hologram concert of hers I don't know do they go on tour but we'll we'll talk about that and see you know I'd be curious to know what you think about uh, going to see one of those we'll keep you updated uh, on the election trail today Um, and this kind of you know really ties into it and it's uh, our first guest this morning a fake news and disinformation have become more than just buzzwords over the past decade. They've become a very real thing. And more and more work is being done to recognize it and inform people about it. Now, as you know, Russia was accused of hacking and meddling in the 2016 U.S. presidential election. And since then, more than 30 other countries have had their elections targeted, from France and Germany to Brazil and Australia. What about here in Canada? Well, you know what? Earlier this year, uh, Canada's Minister of Foreign Affairs, Christia Freeland, said she believes um, it's likely to have happened here as well. I think our judgment is uh, interference is very likely. Um, and we think there has probably already, there have probably already been efforts uh, by malign foreign actors uh, to disrupt our democracy. 
That is Christia Freeland, uh, the Minister of Foreign Affairs. Well, news outlets have dedicated teams to searching out fake news and disinformation, uh, especially this election campaign. Um, groups like the Digital Democracy Project is exploring how information is consumed and shared online during the campaign. To find out more about this, we're joined by Paula Minikin. Paula is the Chief Technology Officer with Minikin Resources Incorporated. Paula is an expert in technology, internet security, and information technology. She joins us this afternoon from Halifax. Hi, Paula. Hi, how are you? Good. Well, thank you for joining me. First up, how's the cleanup uh, out there after uh, Hurricane Dorian? Well, it's uh, it's proceeding, although we still have a crane kind of wrapped around the building, and they just, um, about half an hour ago, uh, the provincial government has stepped in and said they're going to do something about that, but um, we certainly got walloped. Yeah, that, uh, that video of that crane going over was something else. I want to thank you for joining us this afternoon, and let's start with this one, Paula. Fake news and disinformation, What what's the difference between the two of them? Well... Uh, it's funny because I, I looked up your show just before you called and uh, a word came to mind because you said you have this word of the day thing. <laughs> and I want to give you a new word of the day. And that word is roarback, which is R-O-O-R-B-A-C-K. And a roarback is a defamatory falsehood published for political political effect. Mm. So often in the waiting days, you'll see one come out in a campaign to make someone look bad, even though everyone knows it's wrong, so they don't mm. have time to repudiate it. So when you talk about fake news, often that is what fake news is. It is something that someone has made up to um, to paint someone or a party or a party platform is something it's not. We're seeing a lot of fake news. Mm. A lot of the fake news is where people take different pieces of information and put them together with no context. Mm-hmm. And that, that disinformation um, is very real. We have that going on right now. I, I get it all the time in my Facebook feed um, where people for one party or the other, instead of pitching what their party is about or their platform is about they're very much pitching that the other person is so evil they might as well be eating babies so you should never vote for them is there a difference between fake news and disinformation or is it the same thing just different words i think they're different fake news is an out and out lie um often where someone has sat down to deliberately make something uh false disinformation is where people take things out of context Uh. So what I just said, when I just said, oh, had I had I said, and uh, Andrew Scheer might as well be eating babies. Yes. Someone would take that and take it out of context and say that I said that. That's disinformation because it's not a lie. I did say it. But in the context, I was saying it's ludicrous, and that part would be left out. Interesting. Now, just how difficult is this to track, uh, Paula? Uh, we're seeing a number of organizations, you know, really focusing it on, on it during this election campaign. Is it pretty tricky? It's extremely tricky. Part of the challenge is that the, uh, the new laws that went in in, I think, June um, for the new a modern elections act they really cover when people uh, are buying advertising and the reality is that that is not really what's effective in 2019 Mm. it's the memes it's the stuff people are doing for free (laughs) and it's very difficult to find the line between what is 
a joke, what's a meme, what's free political speech, and what is disinformation? Ah, so, you know, what I'm, I'm going to ask you coming up, what should people be looking for? But we talked about how difficult it is to track, um, and you've touched on it a little bit, but just how easy it is to spread fake news and disinformation, and we're seeing it done in many different ways, and you've touched on that right there. It is very easy to spread, isn't it? It's easy to spread, and almost, uh, you know, when I get asked that question a fair bit, and my response is it's not a technical response. It is if something really appeals to you emotionally, either positively or negatively, check it. Mm. Because if it's, if it's true policy and true politics and what it was meant to be, it's not going to be that emotional. <laughs> if it's a really emotional plea one way or the other, check it check the source you know it's it's interesting um i have a lot of cynics um out there and there's a lot of cynics out there when it comes to mainstream media these days and this text just came out said it's uh not just russian hackers pumping out fake news all news outlets pump out fake news it's a sad thing real journalism is almost dead and i would beg to certainly differ with this texter and you know given my job of course i'm going to what would you say to that person I'd say that person's probably a cynic and probably feels like they're not represented mm. or their beliefs aren't represented in a main free, mainstream society or mainstream news. But I would also say that they're incorrect. Our society is built uh, and our the traditional journalism is built that it is accountable and you can name someone, feel them, touch them. They are accountable. Most mainstream news in Canada is fairly it's fairly safe to say that it's, it's at least some degree accurate. And when it is not, they're held to account. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I would say using the word fake news when it comes to Main Street uh, media is, uh, well, that's fake news. I'll just say that. Yeah, that's, a, that's, a Trump, <laughs> that's, that's even worse. That's something that Trump invented. And yeah. to, to agree with that is to say you agree with him, which is dangerous um we know that it's not just uh other countries that are are um influencing um maybe elections that are playing a part on on social media that sort of stuff that there are domestic actors there are people right here at home um uh you know um spreading fake news spreading disinformation who are involved with this sort of thing um how do we how do we tackle that how do you is there a way to to crack down on on these people paula i think when we crack down on them we make martyrs of them and they become more powerful so that's difficult i think unfortunately it's it's a case of every individual has to be smart Mm -hmm. has to be um engaged and has to think critically you know the confirmation bias is a very real thing where the way that social media works is that the things that you read you see more of the things you engage with you see more of so for me i make a real uh personal commitment to ensure that i have friends and i'm doing little air quotes (laughs) across the political spectrum and even if i find what they write distasteful um i keep them as a friend and also when i see someone sharing something that is clearly fake news and clearly false we are all responsible to to write and say hey this is false here's why and let them know that one of the challenges with online media is it's not like 
when you're walking down the street, if you and I were walking down the street together and you said something really horrible about someone we both knew, I'd go, that's not true. Mm -hmm. And I would correct you. We haven't gotten there yet in our maturity of how we deal with social media, and we need to. Well, we just have to yeah. say this is wrong. Don't share it. Yeah, I think because you know sometimes when you do, uh, when you do uh, roar back. <laughs> yeah. When you do roar back, um, if if we want to use it that way, uh, in a different, in a, maybe a different description, is that sometimes you can get down a really nasty wormhole rabbit hole of bs that just goes back and forth so i think sometimes people are afraid to stand up um or you know some people are to to fire back on social media because they just don't i just don't want to invest the energy in um in in the crap that comes along with it that's true although there are a lot more as you mentioned some of them um third-party projects now where you can just post a link and say um you might want to check this i mean i do that a lot with snopes you know people who still believe that vaccines cause autism like seriously Mm -hmm. Um, so it it, is you go and and find one of the third-party uh results like democracy watch and 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 post it up and say no it's not true um you know whatever it is or you might want to check it and just leaving that there is sometimes helpful i found it interesting what you were saying earlier about you know keeping friends air quote friends um on your social media platforms to make sure that you're getting um uh, maybe a, a diverse um, look at um at reports and what what's out there and what's not i i find that and hey, I'll do it. If I don't like something, I'll just delete it or I'll block it. Um, but that creates kind of this echo chambers where all, where all you're seeing is um, really what you believe um, or what people who are like you and have similar views uh, believe. And, and that um, can create some disinformation, I guess, in its, in, its, in its own way. You're living in this believing that this is real and, and, and truthful when, when really it's not. You're just getting one side of a story. And, what, and that is actually what's fueling. I mean, there's a lot of research to show that this is what's fueling sort of the extremism in our society. Um, Politics have never been this divisive in Canada, um, ever. We are, they're divisive and they're derisive, um, and they're, and they're getting more decisive as a, as a result of that. But it's, it's happening that because it feeds on itself. And now I won't even entertain that someone from the other party or another party could even be remotely good. Mm -hmm. I paint people as good or bad. And, our interactions in social media tend to be very short. You know, I hop on there for a coffee break between conference calls or whatever. And in those moments, you're dealing with your reptilian brain. It's very fight, flight, um, mm-hmm. or freeze. And those reactions are not the reactions you want for a long-term, thought-out uh, political process that uh, you would normally have that discussion over a longer period of time. So you're just making an immediate reaction and you're sorting people. I mean, we're based on fear. It's how we work. We're human beings. So you're immediately sorting people into good and bad as opposed to, huh, that's an interesting policy, but I disagree with that and engaging. Um, 
and that's a big challenge. Yeah, if you were to look at my text line, you know, right now, obviously a number of people are, are not liking this conversation or what we're saying because they certainly have their own beliefs as well. It's, it's quite fascinating to see, Paula. Uh, Paula Minikin is the Chief Technology Officer at Minikin Resources Incorporated. She's an expert in technology, in corporate governance, in internet security, information technology. Uh, Paula, who would be interested in, um, you know, mucking around in our election? What outside sources, what outside forces would be interested in that and why? Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm reticent to say a particular one. I do know that we had issues with uh, China recently. Mm-hmm interfering in Canadian politics. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's confirmed. Uh, it was around them producing, it was the Chinese that were producing tweets that came out of a Canadian account run by a former uh, party fundraiser and activist. Um, and they were able to trace this back, basically painting the protesters in Hong Kong as evil and uh, making them the equivalent of ISIS. Mm. Um, that's a very interesting case for me. It shows that there are there is interest in other countries, and you have to think that you know climate change is real. Um, there are scarcity of certain types of resources, and although we are a relatively small country population-wise, we have a lot that other people want. Mm-hmm. And if you want to figure out who would want to uh, interfere in our political system, then you need to think about. Uh, who it is that would gain from from such interference. So before I let you go then, how prepared is Canada in dealing with all of this? I think we've got some, we've started down a road. I don't think we're as well prepared as the EU. I think we're more prepared than uh, the U.S. And I think we have a long, long way to go. A long, long way to go. Paula Minikin joining us this afternoon. Um, if uh, at the top of the list of long, long way to go, what would you like to see being done? I I think we need to make laws that apply in this country, and although it will be difficult, um, we can then hold the uh, owners of these companies to account when when they're broken. Paula, thank you for joining me this afternoon. I appreciate the conversation. Thanks for having me. Take care. That's Paula Minikin. Okay, Curious Snow, Chedville. When you're uh, checking out a a story, how many sources do you go to? If you see a story online, do you just read it and believe it, or do you check it out from a numerous different uh, sources? Someone said, did she say memes? Yes, there's a lot of people out there. Some of you who get your news from memes. It's it's mind-boggling, and and we can't do that. We we take truth out of stuff that we see and, and turn it around which we can't so when we ask about the number of places that you go to get your information is it just one is it five is it ten let me know